The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, April 19th, 2018, season 14, April, episode number five. Welcome to another edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Morgan Studios at the Star. And I'm so happy, and I know you guys are so happy to have me back on the air uh, talking about Cowboys football. Do you feel like you still belong here today? <laughs> wow. I thought I, I was going to be the first, about. Like, I wanted her to come I in. I wanted be the her first to come one in. to say something No, I snarky. wanted her to come in feisty today. So that's, did that's you, perfect. It just feels kind of weird. How long did it take you to remember whatever stupid episode number that was? I, actually, it took me like about five minutes. Yeah, like, I had I to figure. Think, you're like, like oh, I think hey, I missed about the last six of these. What yeah. year? What year does it say? 2018. No, but what season what? 14. Season 14. Yeah. So what were season six before... Mr. 88 got here. Oh. Like how many years? How many seasons have gone yeah. by here? That, that would be right. That would, math he was here eight sucked. years, so yeah, okay. that would be right. That was his segue, so we can get into that. <laughs> the, the news. Thanks, Nick. All right, so let's talk about that. Is That's it the news, the news or the olds at this at point? At this point, it's yeah. the news because oh, okay. as if, if Twitter is any judge, if you say anything on Twitter about Des Bryant, it lights up. And I think that means it's still relevant. Yeah. People are it's, still talking about it. It's people one of those things. Care. People still care, but they'll be quick to say, like, why are we still talking about this? But then they'll go on to tweet yeah. their opinions about it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and to be honest with you, I think this is probably going to continue until Des Bryant is signed by a team, which we'll get into that a little bit later about yeah. where we think he could end up. But um, I, I want to start first just kind of with the basics of the fact that, you know, a week ago this time he was still on this team. And, and then, obviously, the news comes down last Friday. And the big question I have for you guys, and it seems like the one that's predominantly what I see that fans are still kind of wrestling with is, what was the reason why? Was it performance? Was it money? Was it his locker room presence? Why is Des Bryant no longer on the Dallas Cowboys? Clearly it wasn't about the money. I mean, I'm just saying, just because Hmm? Des did say that Jerry didn't even offer him any, like, you know, to cut down his salary. So it wasn't even on the table. I'm not buying that. I'm not saying that they did did offer him. I think his agent and Des made it perfectly clear that don't come with that mess. Don't don't try this when you look at the other players around the league. I I mean I I think money was a factor, and I believe the fact that they didn't even get that far because I mean we watched the the meeting. It wasn't very long. <laughs> we watched the arrival and <laughs> yeah. The departure. Yeah, right. So I. I don't know. I, I just I think money was is a factor here. I really do think it's. I think it's everything you just said. I think it's the fact that and you put up with certain things. There's a lot of expensive players out there. There's a lot of players their production's declining a little bit, and there's players that are disruptive in the locker room. But when you kind of put them all in one, to, then you end up having <laughs> to make a decision. And I think that's kind of what happened here. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't think why. I don't think you can single out any one factor, but. I don't. I don't think it was purely about money. I don't think it was purely about performance. I don't think it was purely about uh, the Molotov cocktail that is Dez's personality. But you bring all that together, and it brings enough people on board that they decide they want to make a decision. Like if Dez, if Dez was declining and he could be a pain to deal with, 
and he only cost six million dollars a year like Alan Hearns, then maybe you keep him. Or if he was costing twelve million dollars a year, but he's a model citizen and a guy you never have to worry about, maybe he's still here. Or if he's still catching sixteen touchdowns and he's a pain in the butt and he's you know, and he costs seventeen, maybe you're okay with it. It, yeah. co- it takes all of those things to combine to get enough right. people on board to decide to cut him. So I don't think you can single out any one factor. I don't think it was purely about money. I don't think it was purely about his attitude. I don't think it was purely about his production. I think it all kind of holds hands together. I just think that even after Jerry saying how they could afford that money, you know, they could afford that technically, but in someone that is productive, aside from that, you go into a meeting and the fact that you don't even discuss that possibility with someone that has been here for eight years I mean, it tells you a lot that at the end, money was one of the like lower factors of this whole issue. But I, I do think that when you start talking about the money from that standpoint, I think a couple things have to be factored in. One, Des made it clear, and I remember him making it clear back when he was asked by media uh, during at the end of the season, will you take a pay cut? And remember, he kind of talked himself right out of that pay <laughs> yeah. cut really quickly. He was like, well, I don't, well, nah. hell no. Like, so <laughs> hilarious. he made it clear that pay cut was not an option for him at the time. And I think it's kind of convenient for him to come back now and say, I would have taken a pay cut. That wasn't what he was saying at the time when the season ended. And I think the other thing that has to be factored in is if you have a guy that you already think is somewhat volatile and a little bit unpredictable, um, and then you say, hey, by the way, we're going to make we're going to ask you to take a pay cut. And we're going to ask you to do it at a time when maybe you feel like we're kind of forcing your hand to do it. Um, are you going to get a guy that's even more volatile, volatile and more unpredictable once he's on your team the next Which, year at a lower salary? So well, maybe it becomes a situation where it's like either we're going to have him here at the mountain we're paying him or we're not going to have him here. There isn't an in-between. It kind of makes me think of the mafia. Like It's like, well, you don't have to kill me. I'll just move away. And it's like, yeah, but like you're still, you know. You might come back later. still might be a problem. Like <laughs> right. once, you, I'm, once you, It's true. Once you make a decision that you can live without a guy. Yeah. I feel like the pay cuts off the table at that point, which I mean, I don't think I think you're right. I don't really I don't know that money was the biggest factor. I think it was about more than that. But money probably precipitated the conversation. Exactly. Money, exactly. Right? The the salary is what starts the conversation. Yeah. And then you get working into the rest of the dynamics and you're like, all right, let's just is it worth let's just move on. Yeah. OK, and, so go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, the timing of it is has been in question. You know, they tried to get Sammy Watkins on the first day of free agency, and they yep. didn't land him. If they did, they would have had to cut him on the second day of free agency just to probably get him on the salary cap. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think that they, they tried to make this work. But, um, the, you know, I know, Dave, you think that they could have done it a little earlier or a lot earlier, and, and they probably could have. But, you know, it, it is what it is. They did try to cover their bases. And, you know, I think getting Alan Hearns probably helped with that too. It's like, okay, now we've got players in here and – that we can go ahead and do this. and But I don't think they're a better better football team. Well, there's my go next ahead. question. Oh, my ahead. question was going to be, oh. as of today, are they a better, worse, or are they the same than they were a week ago? They're worse than they were a week ago. But that's okay. It's like if you sold your car for $10,000, okay, that, that's that's pretty good. But if you don't go get another car, you know, I mean, then you're not really in good shape. I mean, you obviously, obviously – Obviously, they need to get another car. You need to get another receiver. They're not better right now, but if they use that money to something that will help them, like a safety or another free agent, any position out there that can really help them, then I think that you can say this could be a good move. But as of right now, I don't think it, it, they're better because of this. You guys Hashtag don't. Hashtag unbothered. 
<laughs> I saw you tweet that the other night. I was like, oh, okay. Bites he kept saying that all over his tweet. I'm like, it's, oh my God, okay, we get it. It's not the type of thing. But you are. It's not the type of thing that an unbothered person does, is right. it? And just right. tweets about it. An unbothered it person is kind of unbothered, so they don't have time to tweet about it, right? I, Has he been unbothered about anything? I'm the type of pathetic loser that sets up draw notifications for like the Cowboys' big time players because I want to know what they're saying and when yeah. they're saying it. Typically, like Des might tweet or retweet something like once or twice a month. And starting last week around the time that the news about the meeting came out, I mean, he's tweeted 90 times since then. Yeah. I'm like, you don't seem very unbothered for a guy who keeps <laughs> saying that you're unbothered. Well, all you got to do is look at one of the tweets, one of the first tweets he put out after the decision was made, which kind of said, basically, uh, I need fans to know. I think those were the exact words. I need yeah. fans to know that this wasn't my decision. And it's very clear that he has a, I think he wants to make sure that he maintains his reputation with Cowboys fans. And well, what, for whatever reason, I think that's important to him. Um, and so he's going to be kind of all over this thing, I think, I think to, to protect whatever he can protect of his relationship with Cowboys fans. It, well, maybe not Cowboys fans, but I think that's very perceptive on your part. I hate to, I hate to plug something that we didn't make, but I highly – and you saw me tweet about it last night. I highly recommend anybody – who likes this team to watch this show all or nothing that's yeah, coming out. It's good stuff. Um, I think it's, it's very coincidental that the not co it's smart, but co coincidental that they knew to focus on Des as much as they did with all the hours. If you got an opportunity to focus on anybody on this team last year, who would you have been focusing? But on? I, I mean, and I think the storyline showed itself yeah. you know and there's i mean if you want to know about the des dynamic it's all in there you know god what i wouldn't give to have like a 30 minute off the record conversation with Derek dooley uh just that i mean and you know it's 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 nothing scandalous but you just get a better sense for what that relationship is like and the reason i bring it up right now is because you're talking about worried about his reputation with fans i think it never like Des was never able to get over like perception. Like it bothered him that people thought he was falling off and mm -hmm. it bothered him that he wasn't getting opportunities to prove them wrong to the point where it becomes a factor in his attitude with the team and the attitude, the way people deal with him and mm -hmm. the types of conversations that are being had and the ego massaging. And, you know, it's funny. Cause like, I don't, I don't think of Des in the way of like a typical receiver. Like I need my catches. I need my stats. It's more like I want to win so bad. And I don't feel as though I'm being given enough of an opportunity to help us win. And it comes to the point where at a point it starts to be a detriment and you can see all of that play out on that show. I really recommend uh, if you're really curious about the dynamics at work there, it's well worth your time. So now it sounds like it sounds like you all kind of agree because nobody stepped up to disagree with Nick that the team is worse off at this moment than they were with Des. But I want to I do want and I brought this up before. I want to bring it up again because I want to get your opinions and see if it's something I'm I'm making too simplistic or if it really does matter. You go back to weeks four through six of 2016 when Des was out with injury um, and you look at how this offense performed. First of all, the team went three and oh in that stretch. They went to Green Bay and got a win which I thought was the, obviously the most impressive of those three wins. During that time, they averaged 27 points per game. Um, Zeke had 143 yards rushing per game. Um, Dak put up 240 yards and two touchdowns on average per game. Offense was wor working really, really well. Is there at least some, some thought that maybe 
you can get addition by subtraction here. Removing, and we saw this at the beginning of last year, it seemed like in some of the games early in the season, there was this concerted effort, whether it's by Dak, whether it's by the offensive coordinator, whomever, to try to get Dez the ball. And they were trying to feed him. It wasn't connecting, but they were giving him a lot of targets. Do you think that maybe taking that out of the mix and allowing the young quarterback to just sit back, look for the open guy, and get the ball to whoever that is rather than thinking I got to get the ball to 88? Do you think there's something that helps this offense on top of the fact that this is a running offense and this is all about Zeke in my opinion? So what are your thoughts on, on from that standpoint on how, how this team is relative to what they were a week ago? I loathe the term Dak friendly. Like, I'm so tired of hearing it. I don't want to hear it ever again. So I hate the fact that I just said it. But a Dak friendly offense is like five receivers who are going to shut up and do their job and take what he can give them and let the running game be what it is or what it should be. And Zeke's going to take top billing and Dak's going to throw to the guy that's single covered and it's going to be hunky dory. And Dez was cool with that in 2016 because they were winning games. And I mean, I really do think that is his bottom line. Like I said, I don't think of him as a diva in the sense of like, I don't care if we're losing as long as I get my 100 yards. But again, he he cares in the sense that he wants to win and wants to be a part of that. So when you're winning 13 games, it's no big deal. When you're trading wins and losses and getting your doors blown off, it's a little bit bigger of a deal. I think when I think of Dak friendly, I think of guys who aren't going to make noise about what kind of role they're playing. It's like, I, I got three catches for 20 today. Cool. I got eight catches for 120 today. Cool. Uh, and know that you are not the primary function of this offense. So in that regard, I'm reluctant to say they're better right now, but not because of their receiver core. Like they need, yeah. they need a linebacker. They need a left guard. They need us. Like, that's the stuff that I'm worried about. If you tell me they come out of the draft with that stuff. And on, if you tell me that they improve their defense and maybe get a guard and don't improve the receiver core, like if they don't draft a receiver, I still think this team could win games. I think they should draft a receiver, but I think this oh. receiver core could do, could do the job fairly well within the structure of how they want to play offense. I think Dak friendly. I mean, first of all, the, the whole Romo friendly, Dak friendly. I think Jerry created that. Every quarterback in the league, Breeze friendly, the Saints. I mean, that's what that is. I mean, it's it's the receivers that mesh with your quarterback. And in this case, with Dak being the quarterback, I mean, they need receivers that know where they're supposed to be. That's one thing that Romo helped uh, Des more than anything. He told him where to line up, and he, he did it for eight years. And that's you can't expect Dak to do that. Uh, with all the players on the field in, in his rookie year and his in his second year, he should be able to do that now. But also, you know, I mean, Dak's not a hundred percent there yet. I mean, he's he's still learning. He's still got to be a better quarterback. They took away the short and you know, intermediate, easy throws for him last year, and he couldn't beat them. So they need players that can get open, know where to line up, run good routes, and be able to kind of move the ball down the field. Maybe some deep threats will help as well uh, if he can, you know, make that throw. But you know, he's not Troy Aikman. He's not Romo. He's not he, Romo he, at the end of his career, no. which is what everybody's trying to compare him to. Yeah. Is what Romo was at the end, not what Romo was two years but, in. But he's a different player. He gets it done different ways. He's a runner. He can he can flip over the Cardinals' defense. I mean, he can make plays like that. So it doesn't have to be the exact same way. But I think what made Dez great it just didn't mesh anymore. Dez could have a great career somewhere else. It just wasn't going to happen here. Right. Not where this quarterback is in no. his development. They made the they made the decision. They're going with Dak, which is fine. And I don't think it meshes that well with, with Dez. Dez Which, needs to go and find a quarterback that he can mesh with. The receiver, I, the receivers that they have here, I think, can be fine. I mean, yeah. I 
said it the other night. A lot of people disagreed with me. I don't care. They didn't have a 1,000-yard receiver uh, when they won 13 games. Dez caught 50 balls. And he was clutch. I, I'll argue mm-hmm. till my dying breath. Dez was great in 2016. His numbers weren't, but he was great. Right. Um, Which is what you want in this offense. You just yeah. want to play a, yeah. a receiver that can make plays when necessary. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I mean, so I would draft a guy, but I don't. I certainly don't think they need one at 19. Um, I think I, I'm very intrigued and excited by what Alan Hearns might be able to do here. Um, and, and the guys they have here are fine. I don't, you know, like – Defensive coordinators aren't losing any sleep about them, but I think they can do the job because defensive coordinators should be losing sleep about your line and your running back. Hope, right. I mean, that's the hope, right? If the run, if the line resumes what it was right. in 2016. And, well, and that's, you know, I don't care about the wide receivers if you tell me that they have a badass left guard. You know, that's that's what I care about. Yep. So. All right. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, I'm going to ask these guys if they think Des Bryant was set up to be the scapegoat in this situation. Cause I think that's another thing that fans are wrestling with. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the other players on this team and how the Cowboys move forward after this release. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings. You end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice-cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. (laughs) So stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Families and fans of all ages are invited to step into the NFL Draft Experience presented by Oikos Triple Zero. This free football celebration features player appearances, photo opportunities with the Lombardi Trophy, and more, all taking place at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, April 26th through 28th. Plus, more fans than ever before will get the chance to be inside the theater to see selections made live. Register now at NFL.com slash FanMobilePass and check in at NFL Draft Experience to be part of the action. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. It's been explosive for us. First little segment of the show. It's that time of year. Right before it was pretty explosive too, if you remember. Eagles. Oh Cardinals. yeah, it was. Amber once again. <laughs> um, so let's let's get back into this. I, 
one of the things I've noticed as I've been talking to fans over the last couple of days on on Twitter. Couldn't help yourself last night. Really you just you're like, <laughs> I gotta the talk. Thing, the same thing happened last week. Like after this happened, like I just had so much I wanted to say, but it's hard sometimes to say it all too. But anyway, I I what I kept getting from a lot of fans was that there was just this natural this this uh this narrative that Dez was set up to be the scapegoat here. That if you look at Dez and if you want to say he dropped off, then you have to say all the receivers dropped off and Dak isn't taking enough of the blame. And Jason Witten certainly isn't the player he used to be. So why is he still here? And, and it's just all these narratives about that, that really point to the fact that this was so unfair for Dez and why Dez versus all of these other guys. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that this was a situation where, um, where there should have, where other guys maybe should have been the guys that were let go and you keep Dez, or do you think that Dez really was kind of the scapegoat for whatever reason? Yeah, I mean, probably, but that's that's the way the business works. 2010, the Cowboys came off a playoff win, and they went 1-7 to start the year. Wade Phillips gets fired. Wade, Wade Phillips only gets fired. He's the head coach. He's the scapegoat. Offense wasn't doing well. Defense wasn't stopping anyone. Somebody gets fired. All those people that you just named, they don't make $16 million or count 16 on the salary cap. That's just the way that it goes. And and he is the most volatile of them as well. And nobody knows what's going on. And don't let a former player that played in 1986 and won four. I mean, they don't know what the locker room is either. They know locker rooms in their day, but they don't know this one. They don't know what Dez was causing. You know, and this team... You know, this team was good to Dez. Let's not act like – let's not say that they weren't. They were really good to him over the years. He had an issue. He went AWOL. He cut himself with soup. They they, they did a nice job with, with him. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't the first time he was cut was Friday, okay? That's a real – I mean, that <laughs> – that's a really good point, and I'll be the first to say I think I think they botched the way they did this. I just there's got you be, do there's there's because I don't. No, Why no. do you say they botched it? I just we had this argument already. I think, I, and I know I know it's a business. It's a cutthroat business. I get that, but I just think there there are better ways you can handle guys who've been the face of your franchise, especially. And you disagree with me? That's okay. I think the writing's been on the wall forever that you probably weren't going to get anything for Des. You've been talking about cutting him forever. His salary's enormous. He's going to be thirty this year, and he's been declining. That's why you're talking about getting rid of him in the first place. Who's going to give you anything for that? Um, and so, rather than hold out for a month hoping that you can get a sixth round pick, I just think maybe you could have done a nicer thing and been like, "Look, your future's not here." Uh, best. Of, I mean, they, they did the same. Demarcus Ware is the franchise sack leader. He's going to be in the Ring of Honor one day. They cut him right around the start of the league year. I don't remember if it was before or after, but they. I mean, you know, he came in. They had. A, they hugged it out. He was in Denver three days later. Des. They like we haven't met with him, even though they talked about they needed to meet with him in January and February and March. Like, I just I think that's a little ridiculous, but, and I think there's a better way they could have done it. Having said that, to Nick's point. This team spent the last 10 years helping him grow into an adult because Lord knows he needed the help. I mean, even as recently as 2016, the guy disappeared for two days because he was afraid what an MRI was going to show on his knee, like literally just bailed on the facility, like didn't come to work because he was afraid of what the doctors were going to tell him. And that was at 28, let alone at 20, 21, 22, 23 um, so, I mean, it's, there's a little bit of both sides there. But what you don't know is what were the things happening behind the scenes? Were they looking at, let's say, for example, in this draft, let's say that they were like, you know, we, we kind of think we want to make this move, 
But there were a couple people saying, hey, if we make these move, this move, we really believe that we got to feel good about the fact that we can get a, a, a receiver in this draft that we think can provide this, whatever this is, right? Whether that's in the first round, whether that's in the second round. Uh, and I'm not saying that any of this happened. I'm saying I'm just painting the picture. What you don't know behind the scenes is there could have been those kinds of things. And until they had guys that they brought in that they spent some time with, until they had a chance to really fully evaluate the draft class, until they had a chance to maybe convince some people in this building that had to sign off on it as well that this was the right way to go, I think there were a lot of things that could have been happening behind the scenes on this and I don't think that they owe it to a player to say, we're not going to do our due diligence just to let you go early. They, I think they got to a point where on that Monday was when the team was going to show up to do workouts. You couldn't have him on the team at that point if he was not going to be a part of the team going forward. And so they gave themselves all that time to kind of figure out all the things they needed to figure out. And then they got to that Friday and were like, we can't wait any longer. We got to go ahead and make a decision. Here's what we're going to do. I went to LSU. It is a bad school. It's Absolutely. Bad. Sorry, I mean, we got an awesome football program. I can't do basic math. But <laughs> on March 23rd, I said, huh, Alan Hearns is here now. He does this, and he looks like that. And Deontay Thompson's here, too. He looks a lot like Bryce Butler. And now they have seven receivers. Something doesn't add up. And sure enough, a month later, I was right. And so was any other yeah. dummy who can look at the depth chart. Yeah, but if they, if they draft a receiver in this draft— and they get the guy that they've been targeting, then what you don't know is, was that a part of the equation? And they wouldn't have known this that team they felt pays, great about the fact they were going to get that guy pays, until they went through this process. This team pays people hundreds of thousands of dollars to go and look at these guys all throughout the fall, and then they kick it into high gear as soon as the season's over. I think they probably had a good idea that these guys were available long before April 13th. But that's why it's called due diligence is because just because they had a good idea doesn't doesn't mean that you don't take every opportunity to learn more and do all the things you feel like you can do before you make a decision. They wanted Sammy Watkins. They wanted Watkins, and Dez was cut if they got him. So in their mind, Dez was cut. Now, I I get it that you don't get that player. You You still think, well, maybe we hold on to him, but not when they get Hearns. They get Hearns. Maybe, but Hearns is not the same caliber, I don't think. And I don't think they looked at Hearns in the same caliber as the way they looked at Sammy Watkins. But the So getting him, I don't think that necessarily immediately said, okay, this is our replacement for Dez. I think it was more like, okay, well, maybe that's a piece. Maybe that works. Maybe there's some other things that we can do. I just don't think that, that we know everything to be able to make that, to be able to say that they could have cut him earlier. You're absolutely right. They could right. have met earlier. I mean, God. no, because it wasn't a negotiation. They were meeting to tell him at some point that he was going to be gone. But they had to make sure everything was set up the right way yeah, in order for them I, to make that final decision. Right. I'm not. I'm not going to go with I'm you here. Side we don't have. Dave, we don't honestly. have to agree. And you know, hey, <laughs> Amber, what do you think? They don't owe him anything. Yeah. But uh, they left. They left a Ring of Honor candidate twisting in the wind for six weeks. That they did that, and they don't. They don't owe it to him not to. You're right. But and don't throw C.J. Anderson at me either because he's not a Ring of Honor candidate for the Denver Broncos. That's my yeah. only point. But either way, Dez is gonna still come back here. Dez is still Probably. gonna be a Ring of Honor guy. He's still gonna have on that gray jacket. He's gonna sign. And he's with still the gonna, you know, he's still gonna go up there and wave at the fans and and Most do all likely. those things because guess what? When when it's all said and done. Jerry kept that relationship intact, and yeah. I'm sure he and Des will no. still continue to be close, like they've always been close. You're you're probably right, but it's I mean I I just think I think they could have handled it better. But it's over now, and they're gonna draft somebody next week, and it'll be a new era of Cowboys receivers, and it's whatever. And and like I said, I don't I don't think this team is screwed without him, but 
my my dumb self has known Dez is probably going to get cut since February. I think we all saw the writing on the wall. Exactly. Absolutely. So, I think we all saw the writing. On, but again, we weren't the ones having to make the decision. So we're, we don't know how complex that decision was. The vast majority of NFL teams have this stuff figured out way quicker. That's my only point. I don't know about that. There are, there are other guys that get cut. And during this time of the year, there are guys that will get cut in June. There will be guys that get cut going into training camp. There will be veterans that get cut when training camp is done. Like, it happens. That's the NFL. That's how it works. I guess we'll These just, aren't guaranteed contracts. I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree, Derek. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. All right. Let's go on. And actually, you kind of led into the next question. The next question really is about the draft. Do you think that the Cowboys, I guess, let's look at it both ways. Do you think the Cowboys will? Do you think the Cowboys should draft a wide receiver with one of their first two picks this uh, next weekend in the draft? I uh, definitely think that they will. Uh, I don't know about the, if they should. I, I think if, they, if there's some other options there, a linebacker, a safety, if that falls to them, um, maybe even guard. Um, but I do think that they will. I think they're going to take a uh, wide receiver um, in the first two picks. I, I, they brought in a bunch in the 30 visits, and I, I, they've worked some others out, and there's a lot of names out there. It's a pretty deep class, I think. So I, I do think that they, they will. It doesn't have to be pick 19, but it, it needs to happen. And I think they will and they should. And like I said, it's not for 2018. It's for the four years beyond that. Because if you take a look down the depth chart, mm-hmm. it's kind of scary to think like none of those guys really have a concrete future here. Hearns is on a two-year deal. Thompson's on a one-year deal. Beasley's in a contract year. Uh, what Terrence is the guaranteed portion of Terrence's contract is over starting after this year. So the last two years of his extension, I mean, if you want to, you really could release. Yeah. Um, Where's Witten on his deal? Well, they just like, changed it. it. Something. I mean, he's here through 2023 if he wants to be or something like that. Yeah. Um, but so the wide receiver court there, there's not much there. And Ryan Switzer and Noah Brown, but. You could cut them, and, and there's no ramifications for doing that. Those are minuscule contracts in the grand scheme of the NFL. So, um, yeah, they need a guy. I, it doesn't have to be 19, but nine, Thursday or Friday, pick 19, pick 50, pick 81, I would bet I feel comfortable betting a substantial amount of money that one of those picks will be a receiver. All right, Amber? I think it depends. I mean, am I thinking about the future or am I worrying about this year? It depends on are you what Jason looking- Garrett or are you Stephen Jones. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, good, if I'm Jason point. Garrett, uh, I'm In worried about NFL, this, this I think year. You always worry about this year. I think I think your personnel guy can think about the future, but you it's better true. be thinking about this year because we've seen quick turnarounds. We've also seen quick plummets. So yep. things change quickly in the NFL. Well, if that's the case, if I'm focused on this year, then honestly, wide receiver is not so much of a priority to me. At least not for the first and second round. So you guys seem like you, by and large, you guys seem like you're pretty okay with what the Cowboys have right I now. Wide think, you think if they lined up tomorrow, you feel good about where they are wide there'd receiver. There'd be positions yeah. that were in more trouble than that. Yep. Now, does Alan Hearns know the offense like you want to? Yeah. If you you know throw that part in there. But the same thing would be with a rookie, with a guy you bring in, you know? Yeah. So, good point, same yeah. story there. And I don't think they're any worse, but they're not any better. We haven't seen them play yet, but I think right now they're just neither way. Good. That, that was well said. Bring yeah, I mean, fire today. And that's the part. Not even fire. I will. You know me. I run the risk. I don't want to sound like a homer. I'm not. I'm not sitting here trying to say Alan Hearns is going to put up 1,200 yards. But right. I think, when's the last time you saw Diz put up 1,200? Good yards? point. The, well, and that's that's part of it too. I mean, we right. spend all this time talking about how he's dropped off. So it's not crazy. It's not crazy for me to think that Alan Hearns can have an 800 yard season if he's healthy for 16 games, which is what Dez was doing in the first place. Right. So. 
I like, yeah. I mean, the guard spot, the safety spot, the linebacker spot, that's where if they're playing a game tomorrow, that's where I'm freaking out. I'm not, I mean, wide receiver could be better, but it's far from being the biggest problem spot on this team. I think Des Bryant was set up for failure, but not, not by anyone's doing. I mean, he signed the deal, but the contract he signed and the offense that they adapted and to get this line and to get Zeke and to be run oriented and have all these options, it wasn't suited for a guy that to make sixteen million a year. He's never gonna justify the those number uh, his numbers with the contract. So it it's it's not I mean, a setup for failure sounds kinda harsh, but I'm just the reality of it is he can't get those numbers in this offense when you've got Witten, you've got Beasley, you've got Terrence on the outside, you're trying to run Zeke to the ground. I mean it's just not going to happen. And then we saw in two years that it didn't happen. It was okay when they won 13 games. It was not okay when they won nine. And now he's cut for it. It's, it's I the same thing he wanted was the same thing that almost that pretty much got him cut. I said this on the Monday draft show I did with Brian that, I mean, it, it, when you have Tony Romo, I mean, when he, you know he's capable of making those throws and doing those types of things with a receiver, it makes sense to have a $70 million receiver. And we, we said this way back in January. They signed Dez to a $70 million That's contract true. thinking him and Romo had at least two, if not three or so more years together. They played two less than two complete games because Dez got hurt in the season opener, They and then they played the Miami game together half so give or take three full games. They got three games out of that duo before, you know, life changed their situation. And in an era where your running back costs $20 million, your left tackles a hundred million, your right guards about to be 70 million, your center's 60 million and your right tackle is 20 million or whatever Lyle's contract is. It doesn't make a ton of sense to be paying a receiver $70 million. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not the way they decided to construct this team. The resources are all invested in the running back and offense. It reminded me of Joey Galloway. Back way back in 2000, they they traded two first round picks for him, and like, what are they doing? I mean, and, and then you think about it now, but they traded him to be with Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith, and then Galloway got hurt in the first game, and then Aikman got hurt after that, and, and they never really played more than than one game together, and then it didn't look like a good trade, and he's playing with Quincy Carter and Chad Hutchinson, and it's like, well, what a bad trade, but it wasn't set up that way. So you're right, they you're right, Romo, Dez, pretty. The 2015 Miami game was the only complete game that Dez and Tony ever played together after Dez signed his extension. So like I said, Dez got hurt in week one, broke his foot. Romo broke his collarbone in week two. And then they played Miami together. Romo broke his collarbone the next game and never played again. And there was a touchdown pass in that game by Romo. To Dez, that was, if I remember correctly, was Dez like, had two in that game. Did he? Maybe. I know Terrence had one. I don't think I, don't Maybe, know I might be wrong. Terrence had one. Dez had one. But it was one of those plays where it was it, they were kind of on sync again. You know, they were about to run the table and get in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> that's what somebody <laughs> would have you believe. All right, let's take our uh, let's take our final break. Uh, when we come back, I do want to ask the question: Where do you think Dez ends up? He wants to be in the NFC East. Is that possible? We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. 
Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back. To the break. Welcome back. It's the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, take it away. You know what? You can shop exclusive Cowboys underwear, TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. You get 20% off your first order, TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. It's a really, really good pair of underwear. The best that you'll have or you get a guarantee. You get your money back if you don't think it's the best that you've ever nestled in in Tommy John's. So get them. Go get it. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. And then right. wear it. Awesome. So let's get back into this. Uh, the final topic I wanted to hit on Des Bryant is around where he's going. Um, he, he made it clear from the moment the decision came down that uh, his preference is to stay in the NFC East. He wants to play the Cowboys twice a year. Um, in my opinion, that's making a kind of a an emotional decision. Uh, I don't know if that's the best thing for him. But I want to hear what nah, you guys have to say about that. From the standpoint of, with his emotions, of where you think he actually does end up thinking about the teams in the NFC East um, and where he could possibly fit, where do you think he ends up? Jay Cutler. Cue it. Don't care. <laughs> oh, I was wondering where you were going with that. I, I was like, I'm, you don't care? Jay Cutler no. playing? Really? Mm-mm. I don't believe you. I don't care. I, I, go, to, go to the Giants. I mean, you're not going to. Why gonna, don't you care? Because he's not going to do anything with it. You don't. You think he's just done? Don't think he's done. I don't think he's going to hurt the Cowboys. Oh no! But I what don't happened? Care what, about it in that? I just, what happened I'm in Green Bay 2014 see. when he went up there? He made this great catch. They called it no catch. He lived with it. 2015, he goes to Green Bay. What happens? Nothing. He was he he was a problem. He dropped passes. He was thinking too much. He forced it. He pressed. He does that, and I think if he goes and plays the Cowboys, I don't think he would really. You think he's going to be him. so amped up that? Yeah, I mean, he's not. He's not done and washed up he's going to be a good player for somebody especially if he gets a really good quarterback i think baltimore is a great fit for him i'm just not thinking he's oh, going to come good back quarterback i think he's a good quarterback <laughs> sorry i don't think he's a great quarterback he's a good quarterback he's probably... i kind of think des needs a great quarterback though personally was tony great 
I think at what he, at what Des he, did he well, was, I think he flirted he really, with it. Yes, I think he okay, was, and I think Flacco has flirted with greatness, especially in the postseason. There's not many quarterbacks better than him. I, I'm not a Flacco fan. I think I think I think Stafford's better than Flacco. Okay, I was, I was about to ask you that because I was going to call you crazy if you didn't. No, I, I think Flacco, but I think he's he's good. He, he's been in the league ten years. He knows the offense. He knows what they're trying to do in Baltimore, and he would be good for him. Um, you, you don't have to have remarkable you don't have to go to play with Brady or Rodgers but I just think it would help him I don't I just don't think he would come back to Dallas and just absolutely annihilate them I think he'd be so amped up he'd take an IV in the second quarter oh, be- I, I okay I'm I don't care either in the sense yeah. that yeah I don't think Des Bryant's gonna hurt the Cowboys I just you know I worked with the guy sure, for five he- years I want the best for him I'm interested to see what happens next in his career ball out in the AFC <laughs> uh the I, I I mean this is just purely selfish, but the football fan and the native New Orleanian in me, God, that would be exciting to yeah. see him in New Orleans. Absolutely, it doesn't. And honestly, I think that's probably of all the teams I can think of in the NFL. I think that's one of the better fits. It it is a because well, of the quarterback. It's a great fit for him. I don't think it's a very good fit for the Saints. Why? Because they have a younger, better Des named Michael Thomas. That's true. Uh, they just got Cam Meredith out of Chicago. Willie Sneed's back. Like they have, uh, and and Drew Brees doesn't need marquee receivers. He never has. Right. Um, so I would love to see that selfishly because I'm a Dez fan and I grew up a Saints fan, but I don't think it'll happen. But it would be cool. Uh, I do think you would see. Sense. I think you would see that 50 50 ball completed at a higher percentage if you were with a quarterback like Brees. Absolutely. Oh, and yeah. so from that standpoint, I think he would go right think, back to doing what he was doing with Romo. Right. And what, the way I think that helps that team particular is. Last year, what we saw is that team was starting to transition into a run-heavy team. Like they had a lot of, they had two really good running backs. They ran the ball very effectively. The offensive line played well. Yeah. This forces teams to respect at least that 50-50 ball, which teams weren't doing last year against the Cowboys. Right. They weren't respecting that for whatever reason. Whether you want to say it was Dak or whether you want to say it was Dez, for whatever reason, they weren't respecting it like that. They would be forced, I think, to respect it with a better quarterback. I just think. Breeze already has a back shoulder jump ball monster in Thomas. And Thomas. I mean, that guy's you don't need is gross. Um, yeah. I think if I was putting money on it, Houston just makes too much I sense. Know. It really does. He, I mean, he wouldn't have to leave Texas. They have an exciting young quarterback. He wouldn't even be the focal point of the offense because Hopkins is there. I just, I mean, so if, if I had to handicap it, I think that would be what I would look at. I'm just not really sure Houston. I think he might have the same issues in Houston that he had here with a young quarterback. Like I, I just don't know that I don't know that that quarterback is better than Dak necessarily as a passer. So I'm not sure that he'd be able to take advantage of what does Des does well in the same way that I don't right. think he and Dak could get on the same page he, to take advantage yeah. of it. He did say, "I'll see you guys twice," and Houston would be a team that he would you would see him twice. He ain't playing in that preseason. I was gonna say I would hope he's not <laughs> he playing in see, the preseason. He might see him and wave. He didn't say I'll play you twice. He, just he said, said I'll, I'll see, you. see you twice. Yeah, that's a good point. What do you think, Amber? I just think, I mean, you guys keep talking about having great quarterbacks to help him. If you're a veteran, eight years, you don't need the ball being put right on your hand. Like, yes, you need to make good throws, but... you. It, it depends on what kind of receiver you are. Dez has never been a guy that just gets a lot of separation. So the quarterback has to throw it to him knowing but, he looks covered sometimes and you have to throw the ball in a spot where he can make a play on it. But how many times did we see, okay, forget the bad throws from Dak... Let's focus on the good throws where he did throw it right at him mm-hmm. and he still dropped the ball. How many of those did we see? It was plenty. I think Des has. Oh, and that's, I, I, I mean, nobody is completely blameless. Dak has a lot of stuff to work right. on. But yeah. 
I, you know, I'll plug all or nothing again. I forgot about the Giants game where yeah. it literally hit him in the face, face mat. I mean, there were plenty of balls that were right where they needed to be that did not get caught. That a receiver that good making that yeah, much money absolutely. has to make. Or, yeah. You know, people want, you know, the, the one that really, I feel like that was the one where everybody was like, something's got to happen with this dude, which yeah. was the Seattle one, right. which turned into a pick. Right. And people are like, Dak threw that too hard, and it was behind him. Yep, both true. He makes $70 million. Make catch the catch. Him. Catch right. the damn ball. Like that, and you got to make that catch. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to make that catch. Yeah, and more than anything, I'm just really curious to see how he's going to be able to handle these emotions because we know that he's a super emotional guy, and we've, known, we've seen that affect him on the game to the bad, to the worst. But then we've also seen, for example, remember when his dad passed away? The game he had, yeah. I mean, he he had a pretty good game. He balled right? out, yes. That's so. I'm um, trying to see. Uh, I'm curious to see how he's gonna filter this emotion. Like, sure. is he gonna be in a good way, or is this really gonna affect him? And that's, I mean, don't just go to the NFC East so you can try to get revenge against the Cowboys. That's because you're gonna wind up in Washington, and that's that, that hasn't worked well for very many other former Cowboys. Um, I would hate to see that. As somebody who likes Dez, I would hate to see that. Not just because they would have to play him twice a year. Yeah, that quarterback's not going to yeah, be no. the one to help him. And and I think all of this, I mean, he hasn't signed. I haven't even heard about him going somewhere. And I think, you know, we're a week away from the draft. I think at this point, teams probably want to take a look and see what they can mm -hmm. get. So he could be waiting a little while. But yeah. We'll I mean, see. why would Baltimore want to sign him if they love Ridley? Exactly. And Ridley's sitting there for him at, what, 16? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean... It's going to be kind of quiet right now. But for, somebody's going to sign him. No, I, I have no sense, doubt. Dez is right going to training camp with somebody. If right? you have a wide receiver need and you can sign Dez on a one-year $9 million deal or you can draft DJ Moore for five years at $18 million, what's the better deal? I mean, I, you – go ahead. I just – I was about to say I wish that when the schedule comes out tonight, which we haven't really talked about, but the schedule comes out, I would like to, to be, oh, that's where they're going to play Dez. You know, but we won't really know that. Yeah, unless you. Unless but the that'll be an extra piece of content for, for us week. later when he does sign, <laughs> right? And we can write the story like, well, stretch this thing out. Yeah, no, I mean, we're just gonna beat this thing in in the ground. Get yeah. ready, Cowboys Nation. Specific to the NFC East, though, do you think that there's any team that he fits with? I mean, he said he keeps mentioning the Giants. Obviously, the Eagles just finished paying Alshon Jeffrey, so I'd, my assumption is they're not necessarily in the market to spend more money on a receiver. Um, I but, think he would be great in Philly. I don't think they'd need him. Right. I don't think they would want Agreed. him. Yeah. So you look at it from that standpoint, I don't know that he's a great fit in Washington, in my opinion, but I guess it could be an option if he wants to be an NFC East. The Giants, he keeps saying that that's the one he wants to go to, and that's the one he would think be most intrigued by, but I look at it as they already have that headache. And, they, and what I mean oh, by that is they already have that guy who is who's a really coach. good who's a good wide receiver that's asking for more money already making a, a pretty good amount of money and now you're going to bring in another guy who can be equally as they did that demonstrative on the sideline in the locker room whatever they did that lacrosse combine to raise awareness for the Rattlers who are opening their season here two Sundays from now yes um. And one of the lacrosse players was a Giants fan. And they were like, you want Dez on the Giants? And he was like, we got enough drama at receiver already. We're good. And I thought that was really funny. Man. I, I don't, first of all, you said they got a good receiver who wants more money. Odell. He's a great. He's no, he's great. great. Okay. Yeah. I, what I was meaning, yes, yeah. I should have said a okay. great receiver. I mean, Probably it, among the best two in the league, three I in the league. So. Two I think so. 2A. 2A. Yeah. 2A. Yeah. Who's one? Just A B. A B by yeah, himself, I think, I and then him so. and Julio. 
Julio and Odell would be two A and two. The fact that A B doesn't miss game, like he plays and and he's as good as he is. Yeah. I, I think he's either the best. one of those three. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, nice. I don't. It's there's not a lot of separation there. And you wonder if Des wants to go to a place like Houston and where he would be the the second guy. He'd be the second guy with the Giants. Does is that where he is in his career? I mean, I, I and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, those guys get paid too, and they can make plays and make a difference. I just I don't know if does he or does he want to go and where he could be the number one guy. I can't see him being the second guy, like just because of how mm-hmm. he. I mean, yes, he can be, but he, just because of him and who he is, his personality. To go and back, all that. Well, to go back to your point about channeling his emotions, though, I mean, this is this is one of the first times Des Bryant has been humbled in a long time, mm-hmm. if I had to guess. Uh, so I mean, Man, how he reacts sure. to that is probably going to say a lot. Like if I mean. If he's not willing to be the number two, he's probably going to be in for a rough time, if I had to guess. I mean, I don't think anybody at this point is going to pay him number one money. No, nor do I think any. I don't think there's any team out there. I'm just saying if he had the option. That big of a need. No, no, absolutely. But that's he's probably going to need to readjust his ego a little bit. And maybe he can get that back, you know. But right now. It happened with Alshon Jeffrey. He took a one-year prove-it deal. He proved it, and they paid him good money. Which, how well he manages this speed bump is probably going to say a lot about how the second phase of his career goes. Right. So, we'll see. Let's talk about that NFL schedule. Uh, It comes out tonight. We'll find out what the Cowboys' schedule looks like. Anything especially... Uh, interesting that you guys are will be looking for when the the schedule comes out tonight. I do not yes. think. The, yes, me. Ahead. Ooh, get in there. See, just hop New on Year, the mic. No, I'm just worried. New Year's. I don't want it in Philly. That's what I'm looking You're at. Tired of New spending Year, the holidays when is New in Year, Philly. Where New is Year's New not Year's? Fun no, in Philly. not you don't Philly. Like Philly for New Year's. No, not Philly. The rest, I'm. I don't care. Let's just let's just do it. Let's just do it. I don't think they'll play the Giants in week one this year. Please, God. I just don't. Please, God. The Giants were horrible last year. The Cowboys were average. I mean. But there's still great ratings. Okay. Well, if it's it's great great ratings, ratings, I mean, is it great ratings because it's up there? Or is it, I mean, if if the Giants and Cowboys are so great, then they'll be great on October the 8th. Understood. But you always want to open with something that's going to. Bring people in the tent. Well, you, want, you know what? You want the big game that's going to bring the numbers, gonna bring right? it. I mean, I, I think they'll be. Just don't. No. Don't you make, don't want to see that again. It's been. It has been. I've worked here since 2013. It's been the week one game five of those years. Or four of those five years. Or whatever it is. Honestly, it? how both teams were last year, especially the Giants. I mean, that doesn't sound like a much exciting game to me. Like, yes. Yeah. Season opener. Yeah. It was bad last year. You were the first one to admit it. You guys didn't believe me. Dave no. was like, no, 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 they no, no, played no. great. No, 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 no. <laughs> You said they didn't play well. They beat a team in the NFL by 16 points. That's all I said. That's a good okay. game. That's a good There's win. no such thing as yeah. a right. win in the NFL. <laughs> Week one guesses. Week one guesses. I'm gonna, I'll start it off because right. I know I said no to the Giants. They go to Seattle, right? Yep. I'm going to say week one, Sunday night, football. The Eagles will get the first one on Thursday. They'll play whoever, Falcons maybe or Vikings. I think the Cowboys play at Seattle week one, Sunday night football. That would be so great because I could go to a Mariners game, hopefully. You really think Seattle? Because Seattle's had a lot of changes, too. You really think they, they didn't make the playoffs either. Yeah, do you think that brand's big enough for opening weekend Sunday night football? It definitely is. Or maybe it's a Monday night football. But we haven't played on a Monday to start a year in a long time. Didn't they do that in 2011, Jets? I think it was Sunday. It was Sunday? I don't remember. September 11th. I wasn't here. I just know we've we've never opened on the road in the time I've worked here. So I just one of these years they're gonna make us do it. it seems weird. Yeah. Five years in a row we've been home. Giants, Niners, 
Giants, 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 Giants. Giants, yeah. Giants. <laughs> it's yeah. So I what think, do you think I think they open on the road. Seattle's a good guess. Um, Panthers. How about Panthers? Sunday night doesn't look good for Seattle. You're right. That would be more of the three o'clock. Yeah, I, I, I just I don't see that as a Sunday night opener opening weekend. Sunday or, night, at- Earl Thomas. Ooh, now that could well, always spice things see, up, right? But the schedule All I said comes was out Earl before. Right, you're right. That schedule all, that comes does. out before any of that happens. That does. Said Earl that Thomas. Right. I mean, he, right. he he'll be a tough safety for them back there, <laughs> like he always has been. Cowboys at Panthers, Week One. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I, I can just. See that. I feel like they're gonna. They got. They got to go on the road one of these years. They have to. And yeah. then, the other. I said this to Nick. This is more about us than about the team. Oh but yeah. It would be interesting, but I just. Christmas. Christmas Day is a Tuesday. So week whatever that'll be Sunday the twenty third, we're playing Christmas Eve. Monday night football, Monday night. we're playing Christmas Eve. I'm, I just feel it in my bones. As long as we're at home, <laughs> I, I don't alright with that. I don't want see. The road I'm Christmas Eve. I'm game. not all right. With I said I do not want the road Houston Christmas Eve game. Christmas Eve at Houston. I could deal with that. You could deal with. I that. could deal with that. <laughs> no, I could deal with that. In yeah. fact, you'd put all your whole family in Houston. And y'all would just do it there. Well, Houston is already going to be a trip where the whole family goes True. down. So might as so, well. Yeah. As Christmas well, Eve, I'm okay with. Cowboys pay it for it. How about, exactly. th- how about Thanksgiving? Probably a, a NFC team, but it doesn't have to be. That's. We Probably. were arguing about that the other day. Not like, arguing. No. Well, we were having a discussion yeah. about it the other day because it used to be like, oh, well, that'll be it's on CBS, so that'll be an AFC team, but yeah. it doesn't work that way anymore. So yeah. it could be anybody. It's Fox. Could, so you, could you see though? Uh, it, are we going to Jacksonville? Jacksonville coming here. Jacksonville coming here. Could that be a Thanksgiving game? Sure. Any literally. I, I any think game that could be. Could be that's the kind of game, game that I think could be kind of interesting for a Thanksgiving game because of the success of Jacksonville last year. You know, I don't know, you you certainly wouldn't put them on opening night, but when you've got a brand as as high up there as far as ratings as the Cowboys and you got a young up-and-coming team that you're trying to get a little bit more, and I'm thinking as a marketer right now, you're trying to get a little bit more eyeballs on this young up-and-coming team and a brand that's consistently been down at the lower half of the, of the league, maybe this is a way to kind of put those brands together and lift the one that's, that's lower. Right? My favorite it's funny that it's funny that the team that just lost the AFC title game is the low brand, and the team that didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, but it is still is what brand. it is. No, I know. I know. I the the sexy Cowboys Thanksgiving games that I can remember are division games. Like the, I mean, RG three and mm-hmm. Dez going toe to toe in twenty twelve. The Redskins game in twenty sixteen was phenomenal. That's that's the game where I think I really and truly brought bought into Dak. Because Cousins was just zipping them up and down the field, and Dak was answering right back, like making all the throws. Terrence Williams made that great catch in the corner. I just, um, I just, I think it's fun when division teams play on Thanksgiving. Are you guys certain that going back to the opening weekend? Are you certain that the Cowboys, since they've played the Giants so many times, you certain they wouldn't put the Cowboys against the Eagles opening weekend? The rumor on that Thursday. The rumor is that that's going to be a Minnesota Philly. I get rematch. it. I'm just saying, are you are you certain that that wouldn't be something that the league would consider? I know I'm they sh- don't often do division games like that, but they've put the Cowboys up against the Giants opening weekend for. I'm positive they considered it, but it just seems like there's a lot of smoke about yeah. Minnesota being that team. Yeah. So. And here, the schedule day is always kind of annoying for a couple of reasons. Just how much they they keep it so tight you know yeah um but also when fans you know like oh man we got a hard schedule or have an easy schedule or i mean just imagine if you were a team last year fast i mean rewind a full year and your last four games of the season like who do we end with in december like well we got the saints at home we got the eagles at the vikings and the rams like yes 
God, that's nice. Those four teams, that's, yeah. That's four teams yeah, that we'll none win. of them had more than seven wins right. last year. Yeah. And they all win the division. Yeah. And they're all, you know, so my point is, is that regardless of who's, you know, what it looks like, 49ers, Cardinals, I mean, whoever, Cowboys, we've seen teams jump and, and teams go one way or the other. I mean, the Giants look like a really tough, tough matchup, and then they weren't last year. So, I, you just never know about right. about all that stuff. That's why I never get like worked up. It's we look we, way too much fun to daydream about the possibilities right, to ignore it. Though. But the things that it's we fun, look right? at like are oh. where's Christmas going to be? Yeah. Where's New Year's well, going to be? Yeah. You know, it, like you know, yeah. I like to. I'm like, all right, what Saturdays of LSU games am I going to have to be traveling? That's what. That's the first thing I look at. Like, yeah. if we're fly, if we have to fly on Bama game day, I'll get my own flight. I really will. I'll fly on Friday night or whatever and make sure it's that it's just important to be sitting somewhere. I don't want to be on an airplane having Mickey giving me <laughs> score updates. Oh, the, it's 13 to 10 in the third quarter. <laughs> Thanks, Mick. This, this is my life. Like, it's life or death Y'all for me. you going to keep it that close? I hope so. It'll, no, it'll be that close in the third quarter. By the fourth, it'll be yeah. way worse. All right, guys, we appreciate you joining us. It was a fun show. We'll be back next week on our normal time, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Till then, for Nick Eaton, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?